Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blatant Homers and Podcast here. The Sooners have Iowa State coming up. So I've asked Tommy Birch, Iowa State beat reporter with the Des Moines Register, to join us to talk a little bit about the upcoming matchup. Let's welcome him on. Tommy, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, no complaints here. No complaints here. So uh, game one for the Cyclones was washed out by a uh, storm and some lightning there, but uh, they did get to play the uh, rivalry game uh, on Saturday against Iowa, and it was a uh, tough 13-3 loss for the Cyclones. How much do you think that not having that first game impacted the team, uh, in, whereas the, you know, the Hawkeyes had already played once, uh, once before? I think it definitely impacted them. How much, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's obviously some rust that has to kind of get shaken off. I, I think probably the biggest thing you could point to was Iowa State's punting game was atrocious early on. There was a 13-yard punt, a 14-yard punt, really setting up some really tough field position for Iowa State's defense. And then the other big problem was Iowa State's offensive line. It's young, it's inexperienced, but it's super talented. But it didn't have that first game to kind of get some confidence under its belt. Uh, you know, usually that first game, uh, when you're a Power 5 team, it is somebody you feel comfortable about playing and feel pretty confident that you can beat and, you know, kind of um, ease into things. Well, once Iowa State didn't have that, then – that young, inexperienced offensive line had a really big test in, in Iowa, which owns probably the best defensive line that they'll see all season and possibly one of the best in the nation. Yeah, and uh, looking across here, you know, I mean, there it's, it is a young group there up front. How much, you know, it seems like that's one area, though, there in the defensive line where, uh, Matt Campbell has really stressed getting better, recruiting, uh, you know, uh, better prospects there. No, no, that's right. I mean, I think early on in Campbell's regime, I think he looked at, you know, hey, the defensive line was um, something that they had to address immediately. The offensive line had some pieces to the puzzle, but um, it's it's definitely something that they've hit hard in recruiting too. And it's the offensive line is probably one of the areas that Matt Campbell's probably most excited about when it comes to the future. He he really thinks that they have some good young talent in there and guys that aren't even on Iowa State recruits. A couple of them were, um, you know, a kid named Trevor Downing from Iowa and then Joey Ramos and another offensive line out of Arizona. So um, it's it's like I said, the line is, is talented. It's, it's massively inexperienced though, but it's it's something I would say dealt with a ton. I mean, each of Campbell's first two seasons, they had to replace uh, four or five starters on the line. So, um, the, you know, this is kind of a trial by ear thing, but the the one thing that Iowa State's proven over the last couple of years is they can develop uh, offensive linemen. Uh, another big story coming out of uh, last week's game against the uh, Hawkeyes was uh, the injury to Kyle Kempt. It sounds like uh, they're evaluating him and he could play. Um, any insight for us there? No, not right now. I mean, Matt Campbell said stay today and that Iowa State kind of survived the scare there where um, after the game, it, it sounded bad. You know, anytime you're dealing with a knee injury, that's, that's scary stuff. But he said today they, they dodged a bullet, but 
you know, regardless of who goes out there and quarterbacks this team on Saturday, they feel pretty confident in both those guys. Obviously, Cal Kemp's the guy that went there and had his, you know, big coming out party, uh, you know, by winning at Oklahoma last year and his first collegiate start kind of coming out of nowhere. Zeb Nolan filled in for him at times last season when he was dinged up, nearly guided Iowa State to, um, to an upset over Oklahoma State, one at Baylor, and has looked sharp at times um, when he's gotten some playing time. He's a guy that, you know, a, a lot of people had some pretty high hopes for. So there's there's talent in that room. There's there's a lot of talent. Then there's also, uh, you know, a, a, a true freshman quarterback in Real Mitchell who – from everything I've heard, at some point this season, he's going to get some snaps, probably in some running type uh, type of packages. So, three and maybe even a fourth guy, you know, another true freshman, Brock Purdy, who is likely going to redshirt this season. But uh, a ton of options in that room that they feel really happy about. You mentioned that uh, you know last year they almost pulled off some uh, upsets with Zeb Nolan back there. He still looked a little shaky against uh, Iowa. Can you can you explain maybe what the difference the the main you know difference between him and, and Kent is? Yeah, I mean, I guess when I look at the Iowa game and and how Zeb Nolan played, I I kind of look at that as as almost a wash. You know, he's put in a really tough situation where by that point the Iowa State offense was really pressing to mm-hmm. to to make something happen and make something happen fast. Plus. You're, you're once again talking about very inexperienced offensive line getting its feet wet against possibly the best defensive line in the country. So, um, you know, I, I you know I'm, I'm cautious when I look back at that game. I kind of look back at last year when at Oklahoma State when Kemp got against Oklahoma State in Ames when Kemp got hurt. He came in. He orchestrated a big scoring drive. Um, marching Iowa State down the field, and Iowa State almost won that game. So he he can do this. He can come off the bench and 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 fill in. Uh, I think the biggest differences between Kyle Kemp and Zeb Nolan is arm strength. You know, they're both mm-hmm. um, kind of the same in the idea that you know they're both kind of pocket passers. They aren't going to run too much, but um, Kyle Kemp is definitely limited in what he can do throwing the ball, and that was definitely exposed against Iowa um, last weekend. You know, there were, there were not many times that Iowa State really opened up the playbook and took some shots deep, and that was not just because of the offensive line. That's because of some of the inabilities that Kyle Kemp has, where uh, I think more of those opportunities will kind of present themselves with Zeb Nolan if he is the quarterback come Saturday. Yeah, and Kemp didn't really uh, burn Oklahoma with a lot of deep balls last year so much as those fade patterns to uh, Alan Lazard. What, what's the receiving core look like without him? It's still a really good group. You know, obviously, Alan Lazard was the marquee player. And I would say does lose a lot, not just with Lazard, but Trevor Ryan and Marchie Murdoch. Got, mm-hmm. But there's still a ton of talent in there. and uh, leading the way is Akeem Butler. He's a big, big dude. He probably has he 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 has more strength, more size, and probably more speed than Alan Lazard, and probably has even more pro potential to him. He was a guy that had a breakout season last year, and I think kind of flew under the radar 
during the Oklahoma game. It didn't. It kind of seemed like the middle of last season when things really kind of took off for Keem Butler. But um, junior Deshante Jones, who had a breakout season as a true freshman, just kind of got lost in the mix and the numbers last season is is expected to have a big year. He's got plenty of talent and tons of breakaway speed. And then another young guy, Tariq Milton, is a is a really good wide receiver that they have high hopes for. So there's plenty of talent. I mean, kind of Iowa State's game plan, regardless of who is going to be, um, you know, under center at quarterback, is just find a way to get the ball to the playmakers and let them do their thing. That was obviously something Kemp has done so well of with screen passes, short passes, quick slants, stuff like that. Those stuff won't come out of the playbook just because Zeb Nolan's in the game. I think if Zeb Nolan is quarterbacking, um, you just can add a few more things to the playbook. And then looking at uh, the running game, uh, David Montgomery obviously is uh, maybe the best weapon that Iowa State has. Uh, you know, with the how how well is he working? I guess with the offensive line right now, in terms of them opening holes for him and uh, how you know helping him kind of shake loose there out of the backfield. It it, it was a big time struggle during that that first game, and even in the few minutes that we got to see in the South Dakota State game before lightning struck and that game got canceled, you know that group wasn't opening up very many holes for him. And it, against the Hawkeyes, when some holes did open it almost seemed like David was a little surprised and couldn't hit them um, really hard and kind of with the same authority that he had in the past. But, you know, I guess the saving grace for Iowa State fans is, look, uh, last season and even this season before, he when he was playing, he, he had some struggling offensive lines. It's a guy that led the nation in missed tackles. So he can take a hit and he can, you know, dodge the hits. Um, so, you know, a troubling offensive line is, is certainly going to hurt David Montgomery, but it's not going to kill what he can do for Iowa State. Let's move over to the other side of the ball. I think this is kind of, uh, you know, an area that was a big revelation last year for the Cyclones. Uh, they, you know, got pretty innovative with what they were doing. Are, are they still kind of running with that 3-3-5 that look, or have they gone back to the four-man front? That's kind of the best thing when it comes to this Iowa State defense and why they've been able to have so much so much success is they can be very versatile in the looks that they can give. They can give a three-man look, a four-man front. Uh, they did that against Iowa. They bounced in and out of it, and um, that's kind of the key to the success is just keeping offenses kind of on their toes and showing them so many different things. I mean – They've got, you know, a great nose guard in Ray Lima who um, can take on two, probably even three blockers if needed. So um, he really opens up some things for them. And um, they probably have one of the strongest secondaries in the country, um, you know, when it comes to Brian Peavy and DeAndre Payne um, as, as their cornerbacks. It's kind of one big thing to keep, on, uh, keep an eye on probably for Iowa State is Brian Peavy looked a little dinged up in that Iowa game. We've kind of heard whispers that he's been dinged up um, during camp, and he definitely didn't look 100% um, by the end of the game against the Hawkeyes. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So when they do 
uh, go from the four-man front to the three-man look. What are they doing there? Are they taking uh, Jaquan Bailey off the field and putting in, uh, um, you know, another linebacker, or, or what are how are they how are they working that? Kind of what they've got is they've got kind of a, a hybrid spot that they call the star spot, which is kind of a uh, a hybrid linebacker slash um, kind of safety spot that kind of is more fluid in that spot. So they, they've got tons of options because they've got so much fluidity uh, and versatility when it comes to a lot of uh, their pieces. You know, that, that was a spot that actually DeAndre Payne had played at times. Now he's playing at cornerback. And, um, you know, now they've got three or four guys that can play that spot too. So I guess, you know, with Oklahoma coming in, you know, last year the game plan was it appeared to be, you know, played played relatively loose uh, with the coverage and kind of try to keep everything in front of you. Uh, You think we'll see more of that this time, or will the plan be to uh, maybe kind of make uh, make Kyler Murray uh, beat you with his arm? Yeah, I mean, I think right now I'm I'm actually watching the the replay of the Oklahoma um, UCLA game right now, and I think uh, the biggest thing is I. I don't know how you can really stop Kyler Murray. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm watching him dip and dive out of three and four different defenders right now. So, I mean, he he's proven he can run it, he can throw it, he can elude defenders. So, it's kind of one of those pick your poisons. And I think the good thing for Iowa State is they feel pretty comfortable with their corners and their linebackers uh, being able to to create turnovers. So. My thought is try to shut down his running game and maybe um, throw and and try to create some trouble there. That's probably my guess because that more, I think, kind of plays into Iowa State's strengths, uh, if anything. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Well, uh, Tommy, th- thanks so much for coming on to uh, you know preview this game with us. Let everybody know where they can uh, follow all your work. Yeah, you can uh, check it out, DesMoinesRegister.com, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Tommy Birch, too. All right. Well, Tommy, thank you so much again for uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Many thanks to our guest, Tommy Birch of the Des Moines Register, for joining us to preview uh, the upcoming game between the Sooners and Cyclones. And thanks to you all for joining us, too. For the Boynton Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.